All right. Welcome back. This is the fourth episode of this series of episodes around my book, Everything in Between. I can't believe it's already December, and I can't believe that these episodes are kind of whipping by. I've been so excited to put these together. I still have some exciting conversations coming, and you know, I think these are going to wrap up before the end of the year, so it just feels like this little project has gone by really fast. And I'm just so grateful to everyone that's listened, old friends, new friends, readers. I love getting feedback. I love hearing your thoughts on some of these topics, especially since I come in so hot (laughs) with my um, very strong opinions. And so it's just been so fun to kind of have these conversations and connect with people. So thank you so much for your time and for listening. And today I really wanted to talk about traveling alone, especially as a woman, Because it's something that became so normal to me after I started doing it that I forget that it's even like a thing. (laughs) Um, I think it's the thing that was most shocking to people when I, you know, first made the decision to kind of go travel by myself to South America. You know, people would be like, oh, my God, you're going by yourself, like alone. And I don't know, there's some kind of stigma around a woman traveling by herself, And so I kind of wanted to talk about why I love it and just the perks of it and why it's been such like an enriching experience for me. And I also couldn't talk about traveling alone, especially as a woman, without at least touching on the safety issue of it. And obviously, I have a strong opinion about that. So I do just want to add a little trigger warning at the top of this because I do touch on male violence against women. It's impossible to talk about a woman's safety without talking about that. So if that's something that you're sensitive to, you know, in the second half of this episode, I do talk about that. So I just want to give that heads up and just, you know, press pause or walk away or just don't listen. I don't want to trigger anyone. That's not the point of this, but I do want to just kind of shed a light on why I think women should be able, and anyone, regardless of your gender identity, should be able to travel anywhere they want by themselves and not have to, um, I don't know, like not do things that you want to do or be afraid, I guess, live in fear because of these kind of systemic problems that exist around us. And obviously I acknowledge, you know, the privilege that comes with the color of my skin and, um, you know, just my upbringing and all of that. So I, I totally know that I'm coming from that position. And I also think that it's really important to kind of not let these existing systems stop us from living our lives. Um, So I don't want to go too deep into this, but that's kind of what I wanted to touch on today. So I hope you enjoy this. So in the book, I write about my experiences traveling by myself And honestly, that was something I I didn't even realize I was going to end up doing and liking. (laughs) Like it just kind of happened when I made the choice to go to Peru. And that was like a very extended travel experience, like months that I was gone. And I think because I got that experience under my belt, it kind of gave me a lot of confidence around being able to just go places on my own. Because when you like are living in another country where you're learning a new language. Like I had taken 
Spanish in like grade school and high school, but it was honestly pretty worthless. <laughs> like I learned more just from like immersing myself and have being forced to speak Spanish if I wanted to communicate with other people than I did in like eight years of learning in a classroom. But, you know, I think that having that experience and learning how to go to restaurants by myself. Like if I wanted to eat, <laughs> I had to do that. And opening myself up to meeting, you know, different people from all over the world, it kind of made me be like, oh, this is like fun. <laughs> and I like traveling by myself. So that's what I really want to talk about because I get a lot of questions about it. And a lot of people are pretty shocked that I've done it so much, you know, especially when I've done it, it's been like for extended periods of time. You know, when I went to Bali, that was for like weeks by myself. And, you know, I've gone even on weekend trips alone and I drove across the country by myself, you know, in the United States. And these are all things I think because I had the experience of being away and living in another country, you know, on my own with no one else that I knew. And that just made me realize, like, this is totally doable and it's actually <laughs> really enjoyable. So that's what I want to talk about is kind of just like mostly the good parts of it. And then, you know, obviously there is a downside to it, but, you know, I'll touch on that. We'll get into that um, briefly. And I want to just start with this disclaimer that I would only suggest traveling by yourself if you genuinely enjoy alone time and like your own company. I, ever since I was a kid, like I've always been able to just keep myself entertained if I'm on my own. Like I love other people. I love my friends. I love spending time with other people. And I also genuinely enjoy my alone time too. So I've loved like living with you know, roommates for so many years. And I also have really enjoyed living by myself. So I think just because I do feel that sense of contentment, like it's, it can almost be bad because I do enjoy alone time so much that I have to sometimes push myself <laughs> to even be social because I'm content, you know, like I'm pretty happy <laughs> on my own. And because of that, it's kind of like, okay, any plans I make or interactions I have, like they have to be like equal to or better than how I feel when I'm by myself. And so, yeah, I would just say like, I like being alone wherever I am, whether it's at home, when I'm traveling. And that's why I think I'm okay to travel by myself because I don't mind alone time. So if you're someone that like needs to be around other people, likes to do things with other people, like I just... <laughs> I remember when I had roommates and stuff, like people would be like, want to run to Walgreens or want to go grocery shopping together? And I would always be like, no, <laughs> like that's my worst nightmare. I can think of 17 other things I want to do with you, but I just have never been one of those people that like wants to go run errands together or like wants company for that. I like to do that shit on my own, get it done and, you know, do something more fun when I'm with other people. So that being said, like, I do think it takes a certain personality type to be able to travel by yourself, especially for an extended period of time. Um, and yeah, you know, the best parts about it, I would say, is the ability <laughs> to just do whatever the fuck you want. Like, it's so 
nice. And I can't emphasize that (laughs) enough. And I think the perfect way to illustrate that is, you know, I got to go to Europe right when I graduated college and I was so excited. Like I saved my money for months to go on this trip. And I went with two of my good friends at the time and it was great. Like it was so much fun. You know, I, I really have no complaints about it, but I just do remember always getting off a bus in a new city. And the first thing we would have to do was go find a Zara because they didn't have Zara in the United States yet. Maybe that makes me sound really old, but in every new place we ended up, we were always like hunting down a Zara and then going to Zara and spending time in there. And I would just be like, oh my God, I want to go see anything else but this retail chain store. Like, I, And I went along with it and I was fine and I didn't complain, but it wasn't my first choice of what to do. And so that is the beauty of traveling by yourself is like you don't have to go to Zara in every European city. You can go do whatever you want. And even during that trip, there were moments where I was like, cool, I'm going to go do my own thing because I just there were things I wanted to do. And I need that like alone time, especially if I'm like surrounded by other people 24-7. So, you know, I think that is the beauty of it. Like I just loved my time in Peru because I truly got to decide like, what do I want to see? What do I want to do? And I did a lot. Like I signed up for all these different, you know, guided tours and hikes and stuff that like I never would have done (laughs) if I wasn't on this like high of being in a different country and just trying to like experience it and soak it up. So that's the best thing. And like, I just remember at one point being in Bali and, you know, when you're there, you can either, you can rent your own car and kind of try to drive it. But I just knew like, that's going to be a hot mess. Like <laughs> traffic is kind of wild there. And I knew like, that's not going to work. And a lot of people get scooters. I didn't trust myself <laughs> on one of those. Like I've never even ridden on any kind of motorcycle, crotch racket, none of that. It just has zero appeal to me. And I didn't think like that getting a scooter for myself would be (laughs) the best and safest option. So the next best thing is like through through wherever you stay, you can usually hire like a local driver who has their own car and, you know, you can pay them like a decent, you know, living wage for the day to take you to these different places and they kind of obviously, you know, they're born and raised in Bali and so they can give you some of the history. So it was really cool. Like I was there for a couple of weeks and I formed this good relationship with like two of the drivers. One of them I was promising to set up a website for him. <laughs> like it was we had a whole thing. And so one of the drivers was more quiet and I asked him one day to take me to like a couple of these temples that were up in the mountains and like around these volcanoes. And so we started going and he's like, I'm going to take the shortcuts, you know, and the shortcuts were like through the tops of these mountains on these like windy roads. And he was just whipping like (laughs) through these curves. And I don't ever get car sick, but I did then because it was just like being on a roller coaster that was just like nonstop, you know, like that I don't know what that is. I'm not good at science, but whatever that gravitational pull forces, um, I'll think of the word. 
And I was like, all right, you know, if I was with someone else, I would have felt the pressure to go through it the whole day and see all these places. But we went to one place, got back in the car. He was like whipping again through the mountains. I'm like, can you just turn this ship around? Like, (laughs) I'm going to get violently sick and ruin your car. So let's just call it a day and we'll do this another day and take, you know, the flatter route. And it was just nice because I was on my own and I could make that choice and not feel guilty about it. And I did go see the other things and I just said, please don't take that (laughs) roller coaster route because that was fucking insane. Um, And yeah, I think the other biggest benefit of traveling by myself has been the opportunity to just meet more people. You know, because I was alone, you know, I'd often have to go to restaurants, you know, to eat by myself or just like walking around or when I would sign up for these tours. And obviously I was volunteering a bit. And so because I was by myself, you know, I think if I wanted to have social interaction, I had to be open (laughs) to meeting new people. And it was, I don't know, there's just something to be said. I think the fact that I was alone, I was able to kind of like jump into other people's little travel groups and make friends with them. And so I made friends from all over the world while going all over the world because there's other people that obviously travel to these places too. And, you know, I would go have dinner with like, you know, these um, best friends that were visiting from San Francisco. And then I, you know, made friends with like these New Zealanders when I was hiking the Inca Trail, when I was volunteering, there were like so many people from Britain Um, Because this organization was, I guess, like based in Britain or the UK. I don't know what's right to say. And so I made a lot of friends that live in London. And, you know, it just has been so nice to build these friendships and these relationships and just know like, oh, cool. If I ever go to these places, like I'll have (laughs) a friend (laughs) to look up and say like, hey, I'm here. I'm visiting. So I think by really putting myself in situations where I was able to meet other people, you know, I, it just was really nice. And those connections I don't think would have been made if I was with people I knew basically. And the other piece of it that I think this might be a little, I don't know, woo woo or whatever, but I really enjoyed being by myself, particularly when I would go do shit in nature. Like There's just something about being in these beautiful places and not having to like have small chat (laughs) the whole time or like, I don't know, there's just like a peacefulness that comes from just spending time in nature, you know, by yourself, I guess. And you can have other people around, but, you know, just really soaking it up and being able to really like decompress and rest. And that's really my other favorite thing about (laughs) traveling alone is it really is an opportunity to like completely, you know, recharge. And I don't think, again, if I was with someone else, I would feel compelled to hang out and to go do stuff. But because, you know, I went to these places for longer periods of time, like I got to really just completely decompress because you're out of your normal environment. So you don't feel that same sense of like, oh, I've got to make sure my car registration (laughs) is up to date and, you know, my laundry and all of that, you know, obviously I still had to do laundry. um, But in a lot of these countries, you can outsource that, I guess, (laughs) and 
pay a little premium for it. So, you know, just like the normal everyday living upkeep, I didn't have to worry about, I didn't have to worry about any social obligations because I was nowhere near anyone that I knew. And so I really was just allowed to rest and to like read a book, take a nap, go for a walk, and then, you know, spend the afternoon just like people watching and drinking a cup of tea. Like it was just so chill. And I think it's hard to do that when you're in your like, you know, I don't know. I know for me, like it's, I work from home and I have worked from home since like 2013. So it's, I've kind of got this like routine of productivity down between work and then just like cleaning and doing laundry and all that shit, my taking care of my dog. Like my whole day is just like this rotation of all the shit that I want to do and get done. And so being in a different place where those things aren't on the table anymore, you know, you don't have to focus on like, what am I doing? You can just be and you can just relax. And it's so, so nice. (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I highly, highly recommend going, even if you just go somewhere for like a day by yourself and try it out. But, you know, I know in my 20s, I was much more self-conscious about you know, when I lived in Chicago, I never would have gone to like a restaurant by myself, (laughs) like sat there and ate just because the chances of me running into someone that I knew would have been high and I would have been embarrassed. Like, oh, I'm here by myself. But the older I get, the less I give a fuck about that kind of stuff. And I don't know, I think just being in a foreign place where I knew like no one's going to know me here, it just gives you this freedom to live your life without that sense of like self-consciousness that I guess I always had when I was younger. And, and yeah, I mean, I just think it's like a great way to open yourself up to meeting new people, experiencing new cultures and all of that. And I think the biggest part of why I was able to enjoy, you know, traveling alone so deeply is because I really prepared for it. Like I, I'm kind of a planner. I always have been. (laughs) So I had like an itinerary of just like where I would be staying and what dates. And so I would give that to other people. So people at least knew like, here's the address that she'll be (laughs) staying at. And then I turned tracking on my phone to like certain people just so that I could be like, hey, if my dot doesn't move for days, like please alert the authorities. Obviously, that was never an issue, but it was just nice to know someone can see my location kind of thing. And then when I went to other countries, I would sometimes bring like a backup, like almost like burner cell phone, just like a flip phone, because it just felt nice. You know, I, I at the time, like there was different international packages. Like I know when I went to Peru, I didn't have like my normal phone service. I had to connect to Wi-Fi. And so when I was in like, you know, a van or like a bus, it just felt nice for me to know like, oh, I've got cell service like in this country, you know, with this phone just in case anything happens. I never really had to use it, but it was just nice to have. And beyond that, like I really tried to do my research about like the customs and the clothing And how to just say like, hello, thank you, sorry, where's the bathroom, in whatever language, just out of respect. And really trying to understand like the history of the area. And I think it's just so important. Like, you know, I kind of learned that lesson the hard way on my first two trips when I went to India and went like (laughs) – 
in a spaghetti strap dress to the Taj Mahal with like my full um, upper chest and shoulders on display in a country where no one shows that. <laughs> and so I drew a lot of attention and that quickly taught me like learn how to dress when you go somewhere <laughs> because that was kind of a shit show. And, you know, even going to Peru, like I had a ton of just like fuck ups where I would say something that was ignorant or, you know, I would mispronounce things in Spanish and maybe come off as offensive. And so I had to quickly learn how to like humble myself and realize like I need to, you know, learn how to act in these new places and these new cultures and yeah, I mean, one of the most awkward conversations I've ever had was when I landed in Vietnam and obviously I was coming off of like a, you know, I don't know, 16, 20 hour journey. I know I had a connection. I don't really, I think I flew through Tokyo or something. It was a long, <laughs> a long journey. I just know that. And I was like delirious. And so I get in the car and I'm talking to my driver who I'd set up through my hotel because I was getting it there in like the middle of the night. And he was so sweet. Like he was just asking me where I'm from and why I'm there. And we just got to talking. And somehow I steered the conversation to the Vietnam War, which was like the elephant in the room when you're an American traveling to Vietnam. And so I think, I don't know, I must have just been sleep deprived and feeling awkward and felt like, oh, I'll just address this, you know. And yeah, I mean, it got silent. And then he was quick to correct me and tell me that they don't refer to it as the Vietnam War. They refer to it as the American War, which makes a lot of sense. And obviously, we talked through that. And he realized that I wasn't like this, um, I don't know, like pro-military conquering violent American vibe. You know, I think once he realized like I wasn't bringing that up to like be like hey let's hash out our beef more to just like acknowledge the awkwardness then we had a good talk about it and all was well but I think it's just so important to really understand the history and obviously when I brought that up I would have referred to it as the American war instead of the Vietnam war like a fucking idiot um, if I'd known that. So you learn things the hard way sometimes is all I'm saying. But it's a great way to learn history and to learn, you know, beyond what we're taught in this country, which is often very filtered and very um, pro-America, pro-us being like number one in the world, which is just like a weird attitude to have in general. It's like very juvenile, like... <laughs> I'm going to win. You know, I'm number one. It's like, all right, cool, bro. Um, take a seat. There's a bunch of countries. They're all great. You know, there's no reason to be such a dick about it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm going off on a tangent here. So those are all the good parts. Like, obviously, huge fan of solo travel, enough where I've done it for, you know, big chunks of my life. I wrote about it in a book. It's something I you know, plan to continue to do regardless of like relationships in my life and all of that. I would love to still even just take like a weekend to go somewhere by myself. Like it just, it's so rejuvenating and it's something I really enjoy. So I will continue to do it. And, and yeah, you know, I think it's just been such a good opportunity to 
relax, to do whatever I want, to meet cool new people, and to learn lessons that I needed to learn. So on the flip side of this, I want to just address, you know, there really isn't much of a downside to solo travel other than the safety concern. So I want to talk about that. As a woman especially, we have to take precautions just in our everyday life. And so when you travel alone, you basically take those same precautions. Like, obviously, I had a cell phone with me and sometimes a backup cell phone. I would put on my location. I did my research on the area so that I wasn't staying in, like, you know, random areas that might have been less safe to be walking around, especially at night. And at night in a lot of these countries, I didn't even do much unless I like met people and, you know, coordinated rides or whatever. But it wasn't like, I mean, when the sun went down, I went down basically. (laughs) Like I didn't go out partying or, you know, really. I mean, I probably went out like twice throughout all of this Um, and never by myself. It was always with like people I met that I trusted, that I vetted (laughs) were not like human traffickers. Um, But again, like you don't know, you just have to be cautious and trust your gut and how people feel, you know, and just trust that the world is mostly a good place. Like I've just never been someone that's super paranoid about the world. I take precautions. I try to be safe, but I also think most people are good. So I'm not um, looking for people to do negative things towards me. If anything, I've always had pretty positive experiences and I didn't carry a bunch of cash. I tried to dress modestly. Like I didn't try to flaunt wealth or anything. Not that I even would ever do that. So I just say this to say like, no matter what precautions you take, wherever you are, like take the same ones (laughs) wherever you go, (laughs) you know, read about things in different areas, you know, especially in Asia There are different attitudes towards women. And, you know, for instance, when I got to Singapore, I was flying through Singapore on the way to Bali and I had like a full day. And so I was like, oh, cool, I'll go see it. But then I started reading about it. I'm like, I'm just going to stay in the airport (laughs) because when I read about it, it was like, you can get a finger chopped off for, you know, chewing gum. And I was like, I... I'm not like, I just know I'll violate some rule and I don't want to end up in jail in Singapore. So I just didn't go see it. I just hung out at the airport and like watched a show or something. I don't even know what I did. But that's what I mean. As long as you like do your research and you understand the place that you're going to, you just take the normal precautions. And I think what, why I really want to touch on this is because there's such an emphasis on the woman being the problem. It's like, oh, you're traveling alone as a woman, like be safe, be careful. Why would you do that? That's scary. That's dangerous. And it's like, no, no, no. (laughs) This is not woman traveling alone problem. It's, you know, this is a global (laughs) male violence problem. And I just want to share a couple of statistics because I think they really frame this issue and kind of take the emphasis off of don't travel by yourself and really honestly understand the threat of why people say don't travel by yourself. So globally, an estimated 736 million women, which means almost one in three, has been subjected to violence from their partner, 
from to sexual violence um, at least once in their life. So that's 30% of women that are 15 and older, one third, you know. And most of the violence that happens against women comes from current or former partners. So a current husband, a current boyfriend, current, you know, partner or a past one. In the world, 137 women are killed by a family member every day. (laughs) Like that's pretty fucked up that, you know, yeah, it's just so crazy. And out of these, you know, millions of women that are subjected to violence, less than 40% of women who experience violence seek help. So that means that over 60% of women that are experiencing these things don't say a word about it, they don't report it, and they don't seek any support. So it's really the system that's failing us because here is like an active threat, right, of male violence against women. And it is just a fact. There's statistics. Like it's the threat. It's why people say, woman, be careful alone. And it's really the system that's failing us by saying like, oh, you take precautions (laughs) and you change your behavior so that we can let these crazy predators run free and give them full reign, you know, it's like, no, no, maybe we should crack down on this violence problem instead of focusing on the victims of the violence. Um, And I think, you know, this is like happening now in present day. And it's, it's not like, oh, this has been, you know, for centuries and centuries, it has been, but like right now, (laughs) like in 2021, it is a huge issue. And, you know, for instance, Sabina Nessa over in London, like that was a primary school teacher that was targeted and, you know, was the victim of male violence and lost her life. Gabby Petito, which was huge this year, you know, obviously that was the system failing her. She had interactions filmed on body cams with police who, instead of being able to read the room and see what was going on, Instead, we're like fist bumping her murderer and (laughs) telling him like, yeah, you know, women can be crazy. You got to medicate them. And it's just the misogyny and the way that the system fails women is just so, so sad. And obviously her case, because she got so much media attention, shined a light on all of the other people and, you know, specifically people of color and specifically missing indigenous women that don't get the same attention. And I think it's just so important to understand that the leading, the third leading cause of death for a Native American woman is homicide. And it's the fifth leading cause of death for a white woman. So, you know, if you want to support this cause, there's the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Foundation. I'll put the link in the show notes. But you can donate and they're actively working to find these women that go missing and, you know, to close these cases and hopefully recover them, you know, and and get the same kind of attention that Gabby Petito got for her case. And I do have a bit of a personal story around this. I wasn't sure if I should share it or not, but I do think it is really relevant. I kind of learned this lesson at a rather young age before I even started traveling. There was a woman in my life. She was, you know, um, obviously like she was dating one of my parents, my dad. And she was great. Like, I really liked her. She was wonderful. She was kind of a big part of my life in, like, late junior high, high school times. 
And, you know, obviously they broke up and she went and started dating an ex-boyfriend that she had dated before. And, you know, obviously we lost contact. I didn't keep talking to her after that. But I went to get my nails done like a year or two later and I see her sitting there like at the drying station as I'm, you know, getting my manicure, pedicure or whatever. And she's sitting next to this guy. And so I'm like, oh, that must be, you know, the boyfriend. And so I go over and say hi to her, you know, and she seemed fine. I thought it was a little weird that the guy was like sitting right next to her at the drying station because normally, you know, if someone's waiting for you, they would just sit in like the waiting chairs by the door, but whatever. And so I'm like, okay, you know, nice to see her. Glad she looks happy. Great. And the next I heard of her was that she was murdered. (laughs) And I laugh because it's uncomfortable, but it was really shocking. You know, obviously she was having issues with this guy. It turned pretty weird and violent and stalkerish. And she was going, trying to get restraining orders. That wasn't working. So she was trying to go to the courts basically into the police and say like, can you put an ankle bracelet on him? Because he's coming and like trashing her garage. And I don't really know the full details. I just know he kept like basically stalking her, destroying her property, threatening her. And she was trying to get help and protect herself. And the system failed her. And she walked out of work one day and he was waiting for her in the parking lot with a gun. And, you know, since then her family has actively worked to put this law in place that's called Cindy's Law, and it's still being passed in all the states. It's almost there, but it's basically another layer of protection for women so they don't suffer the same fate that she did. And, you know, they can get, they can say, you need to put an ankle bracelet on this (laughs) crazy monster and get protection for themselves, you know, so that when someone's acting that way, they can see how close they are to them and be able to get help and support. So obviously, you know, her death and the tragic ending to her life has had this, you know, positive impact to help other women. But this is a prevalent problem just in our society. And I guess that's what I really want to shine a light on. Like, after I obviously, you know, had that experience and was like, holy shit, like, I cannot believe that happened to her. You know, she was such a beautiful, nice, kind, normal, hardworking, successful person. And she did all the right things to protect herself. And yet the system failed her. And so that made me realize, like, this is (laughs) something, A, that you don't fuck around with, and B, like, you know, this is not just a, obviously there's like the wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. And there are psychos out there, you know, that are just looking to attack random strangers. But really the prevalent problem is with like partners, ex-partners, you know, people that you know. And so if anything, traveling alone can sometimes be the safest option instead of bringing someone, a, a man who may or may not, you know, flip a switch and act that way. And I'm not trying to generalize all men. Like I know that there's very great men out there and I've traveled with some. Um, but, you know, I, uh, I just think it's important to understand that the answer to how do you be safe traveling alone is like not, oh, prevent you from traveling. It's, or tell you to like alter your behavior. Like it's really more about how do we stop these men from harming women? Cause it's rampant, it's happening everywhere and it's 
very much still a problem like in the present day. So I never have let it stop me, obviously. I did what I could. I took precautions. I'm very aware of what I can and can't control. And I have a full understanding that like that risk exists everywhere. So it's really about like one of the things I always like to ask myself, you know, just given so many of the issues <laughs> in our world is like, how do you take care of yourself given this existing reality? So if this is the world we live in where this is a threat, like how do you take care of yourself? So obviously I would invest in like, okay, I need to make sure I vet any ride that I get in. I need to make sure I understand like the system and what makes a legit cab and what's not in other countries. So that like when I'm on the streets, I don't just get in someone's random car. You know, you have to really take um, steps to just understand these are, this is how I can keep myself safe so that I'm not, you know, going to fall victim to any of this stuff. But sometimes you can do all of that and it still happens. <laughs> so I'm not saying that to be like a Debbie Downer, but it's just the reality. And I think the more we can talk about this and the more we can speak up about it, the more it sheds light on it and kind of the more things will eventually change. You know, I just hope that one day we take male violence seriously because it is kind of the root of a lot of issues, you know, from all these, all this violence against women to um, the shootings that happen all the time in the United States and war. <laughs> so it would just be great to uh, solve that at some point in modern history. Anyway, you know, that is like a whole other <laughs> bag of tricks. But at the end of the day, I do think that traveling alone is a wonderful experience. It's something I would tell everyone to try at least once. And it can be kind of addictive. Like I love it. I plan to continue to do it. And if you have any questions about it, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. I will put my email address in the show notes um, because I know that sometimes it can just be helpful, especially as a woman, to talk to someone else that's been somewhere or done the same thing and just get, you know, um, be able to run things past and all that. So I'm happy to do that. And, and yeah, I hope this was helpful.